Hey everyone, welcome back to Southern Pride Storytime. Today we're going to talk again about part three of what the rose did to the cypress. Things are starting to get a little weird at this point in the story. Um, I know where you guys are at right now, it hasn't yet, but by the end of this little segment, things are starting to get kind of strange. So bear with me, I promise I didn't make this one up. So any weirdness here is not my fault. It's just me, readers digesting my way through this. Oh gosh, that probably dates me. Um, just, just summarizing this, if I even said spark notes, that still makes me probably older than most of my audience. Anyway, we're going to start now in the house of the princess where she has a servant named Dil Aram. She was the girl who had first seen the prince's reflection in the pool and she had fallen in love with him. One day she snuck away from the princess to see him and asked who he was and how he got there. She told him that she loved him and if he wanted to leave the palace she would leave everything behind to go with him. He responded with insane nonsense, unwilling to drop his madman disguise. Rejected, Dil Aram went home crying, but she still paid him special attention whenever they met. She always waited upon him especially, so that the princess noticed and asked Dil Aram to take care of him. Since she was now responsible for him, she now took him aside, and they both swore an oath of secrecy, and again she asked him about himself. The prince now understood that she truly loved him, so he dared to ask her what the rose did to the cypress. Dil Aram promises him that to tell him about the riddle and why the princess asks it if he will marry her. He promised her, promised her that he would. So she told him that while she does not know the answer to the riddle, she knows that the man who first told it to the princess was an African man that she hides under her throne. Rude. By the way, I would not want to be hidden under anyone's throne. He's probably all cramped and squished, especially since nobody knows he's there, which means he's like folded. This poor guy. Oh my goodness. Anyway, um, <laughs> poor guy. He's probably all sore and stiff, stuck under that throne. Dilaram offers to poison the princess, but Amas says that this is not a manly enough revenge, which I consider actually a fair argument when you consider that poison is kind of the primary method of female serial killers, definitely not male ones who tend to take a more upfront, less stealthy approach. By the way, men, that's why you get caught more than we do. But, but um, no, so she, he's he thinks that that would be too shameful and cowardly of a way to kill the princess, so he declines his girlfriend's valiant offer to poison royalty. To be fair to Dilaram, it's not a very nice princess. We're not talking about Rapunzel here. So he says he needs to go to the homeland of the African servant to find the answer. The prince then goes back to the old man and woman who he had been staying with to tell them where he's going and takes off. I do like that he kind of touches back with these folks so they don't worry about him. That and if something then does happen, at least somebody knows who he is and where he's from so that somebody can tell his poor father, who frankly has lost enough at this point. Soon on the road, he meets an old man dressed all in green, and they greet each other, and the old man advises him not to go on this journey. But the prince was determined, even when he was told that the land he's headed to is full of gin. Now, if you guys have listened to my Aladdin episode, you know that this is exactly the point where I would wash my hands of this and be out. Go back, marry Dilaram, and go home. You've got a kingdom to rule. You are now the sole heir. You can have a good life. Don't mess with jinn. Because as far as I'm concerned, messing with the jinn is about the same as messing with the fae or with demons. 
I think they're all just different names for the same sort of creature, and I don't want anything to do with it. This guy, however, you know, he's making bad choices left and right, so why not one more? He is advised by the old man in green which way to go and to keep to the center path every time the road splits. And eventually you'll come to a column with an inscription and that you must obey it. After a day and a night, he met with the columns, which told him that to have a pleasant life, take the right path. To have some trouble, but still reach all of your goals, take the left path, and woe to him who chooses the middle path. Sadly, again, we're full of bad decisions, so he heads right down the middle path. He walked for days until he came to a great marble gate with a sleeping guard armed with a sword. He passed into a beautiful garden with lovely deer. Soon he approached a gold and silver palace. A girl who was so beautiful that the moon would be jealous of her immediately fell in love with him. She sent her nurse to fetch him so that she could learn all about him. He went with her into the palace and the girl asked him about himself. Her name was Lady Latifa. She told him that the path he was on would lead to destruction, and she, like every single person who talks to this guy, begged him not to continue on his path for vengeance. She asked him to stay with her and share her throne. He tells her that he cannot stay since he has made a vow to take this journey, and it was a vow to heaven, so he could not back down. He must get his revenge on the princess who killed his brothers, take her from her father, and put her in prison. But then he would come back to Latifa and marry her. I guess then he'd rule two kingdoms, so that's pretty cool, even though hers is a little inconvenient of a commute. Uh, he, she tried to get him drunk, hoping that she could kind of persuade him a little more easily when his senses were a little softened. They celebrated for three days, and then he took her leave. First, she gave him a box of food to take on his journey. Then she attacked him with her pet magic snake, as one does. You know, what do you do to somebody who breaks your heart? Attack them with your pet magic snake. So the snake bit him, and he immediately turned into a deer. Oh, deer. Now we know why that garden was full of deer, don't we? So what's he going to do now? And how on earth does one recover from being a deer? Is it like Monty Python with the guy that got turned into a newt where he just he got better? Or is there something you have to do? I imagine since it's a fairy tale, there's probably some kind of quest involved. I told you things got weird this chapter. I warned you and you're still here. So, so you can't blame me for any strange things that happen, like attacking people with your pet magic snake. So yeah, we'll find out next chapter, hopefully, how to uh, turn back into a human once you've been turned into a deer. Should be useful. Okay, honestly, I hope that that is never useful to you, but it will be interesting to learn about. So tune in tomorrow. I'll look forward to talking to you.